You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. I'm Teresa McKee, your host for A Mindful Moment. Thank you for joining me today as we explore ways to increase our mindfulness in our day-to-day experiences. Let's start with the breath. The breath is our most powerful tool for getting centered, grounded, and calm. If you're able to, breathe in through your nose for a count of one, two, three, four. Now slowly release the breath through the mouth for a count of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One more time. In, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Repeat this breath work anytime during the day when you feel stress rising or when you notice you've lost your focus. If you'd like to follow a guided meditation, please visit our YouTube channel at Work to Live. There's no denying that the challenges of the past year have taken a toll on our mental health and overall well-being. In a recent survey commissioned by Lululemon Athletica, of 10,000 participants in 10 countries, only 29% of respondents reported having a healthy and strong sense of well-being. Overall, the report's Global Well-Being Index sits at 65 on a scale of 100, which indicates a moderate level of well-being on a spectrum of weak to strong. But optimism has fallen from 59% a year ago to only 40% of respondents feeling optimistic about the future now. Part of the increasing wellness gap can be attributed to the collapse of work-life balance, with so many of us under varying levels of shutdown orders. I know I feel like I'm working all of the time, although that's not technically true. I have to set up strict schedules and employ sheer willpower not to enter my office on the weekends. It's just too easy to slip into, I might as well work because I have nothing else to do, syndrome. But that's not true either. I could exercise, watch a movie, read a book, do some gardening and reconnect with nature, call a friend. But my mind is drawn to the office. I could catch up and maybe even get ahead, which of course never happens. All it does is wear me down, hence the strict rules I have to enforce on myself. I'm evidently not alone as time pressures presented the largest barrier to well-being among the employed population, although those employed feel less stressed than those out of work. Of those employed, only 15% strongly agreed that their employer offered resources that support overall well-being, which I find shocking, especially under our circumstances. But if your employer isn't supporting your wellness, all the more reason for you to take stock 
and make changes to take care of yourself. A recent CNN report by senior medical correspondent Elizabeth Cohen provides some good strategies for improving our mental health, and although we've suggested these actions in the past, it's a good time for a reminder. Coronavirus. The situation is serious and it deserves vigilant attention. But the constant flow of information about this global pandemic, whether from public health experts, other experts, or even on social media, can take a toll on your mental health. We're not just talking about an outbreak of COVID-19. What we're also seeing is an increase in the anxiety that people are experiencing. This is a repeat, essentially a repeated trauma. This is gonna go on for a while, and so people are gonna adjust their behavior. So here are five things you can do to take care of your mental health during a challenging and difficult time like this. Number one, avoid information overload. Slim down on how much daily information about this virus you consume. Make sure that you find a few trusted sources, like the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and local sources, and stick to those. You can limit how often you check them for updates by, for example, disabling notifications on your phone. Also, practice social media self-discipline. And if you want a break from the constant updates on your phone, consider uninstalling social media apps. That way, you won't be tempted to go back and start scrolling. Number two, name your fears and prepare. Name your specific fears. What are they? For example, are you worried that you might catch the virus? Consider how realistic those fears are. Try not to overestimate the likelihood that your fears will happen and don't underestimate your ability to deal with them. If your fears are more practical, think about a plan. Consider your options. Being prepared for your fears will help keep them in scale. Number three, think outside of yourself. Actions can counter anxiety. You may want to consider helping someone else who's perhaps more affected by this outbreak than you are. Your good deeds will not only help make someone else's day, but it will make you feel better as well. Studies show that volunteering can minimize stress and improve depression. Number four, seek support wisely. Seek support, but avoid talking to people who are as worried as you are. That may just leave you in an echo chamber. If you're having trouble getting a handle on your thoughts, professional help can be an option too, and there are remote resources. Number five, routine. Try not to get so wrapped up in your thoughts that you neglect your routine. Maintaining a normal sleep schedule, being active during the day and getting enough sleep at night can help maintain your sense of well-being. Also, try to include some exercise in your schedule. It's been shown to reduce anxiety. Lastly, never feel guilty about your worries or anxiety. The key is to understand and contextualize your worries so that they don't keep you from living your healthiest life. The Global Wellness Report out of the Lululemon study also reported that people coping well with the pandemic and shutdowns focused on simple activities to support their well-being, like getting enough sleep, eating healthy, staying physically active, spending time outdoors, and staying connected to family and friends. Most of us can certainly follow these practices, except perhaps for spending time outdoors if you live in inclement weather territory. If you do, try turning on extra lights indoors, and if possible, keep drapes or shutters open so that you can see outside from inside. Lululemon launched their survey and report to advance the company's commitment to well-being, 
enabling holistic wellness through movement, mindfulness, and connection. The study found that the drivers of being well were interconnected. Making strides in one area benefits overall well-being. So even if you can't get outside, sleeping, eating well, and connecting with others will improve your overall wellness. They also found that people with a proactive mindset are significantly more likely to be optimistic about the future by 53% compared to those who are not proactive at 22%. If you haven't already, it's definitely time to take action. We need to pay extra attention to our mental health now. Despite a boost in optimism at the closing of 2020, it has now set in for most people around the globe that 2021 does not look to be much better, and that can be depressing for many people. We've been under consistent duress for too long, and we're moving beyond pandemic fatigue. Great Britain has identified a composite mental health disorder, COVID stress syndrome, which is made up of the fear of the virus and contamination, compulsive checking of news and social media, anxieties around job security and income, health scares, and a post-traumatic aspect linked to the ongoing devastation of people around us. They project that one in five people in the UK will be impacted by this syndrome. We can't wait around for our governments or our employers to make life better. We can take the steps necessary to boost our own well-being, despite external circumstances. And you know what I'm going to say next. Mindfulness and mindfulness meditation are powerful practices to counteract the negative effects of our circumstances. As reported in the CNN story, one of these steps is naming your specific fears. In mindfulness, we name or label our feelings. This helps us to separate a feeling as a separate entity, not who we are. Thoughts and feelings pass, so by identifying and labeling thoughts and feelings, we are also reminding ourselves that they are not permanent. They are normally quite fleeting, in fact, but due to the length of the pandemic, may feel like they are constant because they are constantly repeating. We can slow down or stop that process through meditation. Keep in mind that we are surrounded by fear on many fronts right now, not just the pandemic. Political strife is high on the list. Images of the military firing tear gas on the farmers shutting down highways in India to repeated replays of the assault on the Capitol in Washington, D.C., trigger the amygdala to release fight-or-flight hormones because it appears we are in grave danger. So, as CNN reported, one of the easiest steps we can take is to limit our exposure to the media. It is not only a good idea to limit our sources for finding out what's happening in the world, but it is also less stress-inducing to read about it instead of watching videos. Without the sounds of people yelling or gunfire or explosions, our systems are less reactive, and we can consume the information without causing as much harm to our systems. Starting the day with a mindfulness meditation supports both the brain and body in remaining calmer throughout the day. Remember, it doesn't have to be anything complicated or time-consuming. Simply sit still for however long you can, focusing on the breath. Notice every detail you can about the breath, from its temperature to its depth to the rhythm of the inhale and exhale. The longer you can do this, the calmer you will feel. 
quite the contrast to getting out of bed and flipping on the TV, hearing about the number of deaths from the pandemic, the shortage of vaccines, riots around the globe, impeachment and other political strife, and deadly storms. We can choose how we want to feel to start off the day, peaceful or fearful. I was in a meeting with leaders yesterday and we were talking about how to minimize complaining since it brings down team morale. I had previously suggested that leaders create a rule in the workplace that people can only complain about something if they also offer at least one solution to resolving whatever the problem is, so I reminded them of this. One leader reported that they had tried it, and their staff's response was that they just wanted to complain, period. They had no desire to come up with a solution. Complaining is full of negative energy and certainly focuses the brain on the worst of a situation, but most people don't realize how often they complain because it has become a habit, and like all habits, it tends to be so familiar that it becomes invisible. Most people also feel that it's a good conversation starter because it's easier to find common ground by complaining. This is another area that we can all change to improve our well-being. Are there lots of things we can complain about right now? Sure. Is complaining doing anything to improve our situation? No. So again, we have a choice here. We can choose to feel better or we can choose to feel worse. Why would we choose to feel worse? Finally, and again as mentioned in the CNN report, if we are feeling too sad or too overwhelmed or depressed, we need to seek support. There are multiple mental telehealth services available, like BetterHelp or through your health care provider or hospital. Unfortunately, we do have a long way to go in this crisis, but the biggest factor in our well-being getting through it is not what's happening in the external world, but what is happening internally and we have a lot more control over that than most people realize. Whether on your own or with the support of a professional, the key factor here is to recognize that we don't have to suffer. We can take steps to improve our well-being, to protect our mental health, and to find joy in life, which increases our resiliency in getting through what is hopefully the final phase of not only this crisis, but future challenging events as well. Until next time, have a wonderful week. I'm excited to announce that registration reopens for our Dynamic Coaching Certification Program on February 15th, which is now an online and self-paced program. Our aim is to make it as simple as possible for those seeking to improve their leadership skills, communication and relationship skills, and of course, for those considering a career in coaching to use the information in this program to improve their own lives as well as those around them. Visit our website at worktoliveproductions.com for more information. We're also busy adding standalone online classes to promote well-being, productivity, and leadership skills, so check the website regularly to discover new opportunities. And we're adding new guided meditations and video shorts to our YouTube channel regularly so please take advantage of these free resources. As we approach our one-year anniversary of switching to remote work, I also want to take a moment to commend the fantastic staff at work to live They have been exemplary models for others to follow in demonstrating adaptability, flexibility, resilience, and creativity. 
It's definitely been the biggest upside for me in this whole crazy affair. And so a big shout out to Jesse, Melissa, Vanessa, and Paola for your efforts. Despite my external circumstances, I definitely feel hopeful and excited about what's to come in 2021. Mindfulness increases our emotional, physical, and mental well-being. It can also enhance our focus and productivity. Perhaps most importantly, mindfulness strengthens our empathy and compassion for others, which I believe we need more of in our world today. So practice mindfulness in everything you do. Spend at least a little time meditating every day. And remember to be kind to yourself and others. We're here to do more than just survive. We can thrive. All it takes to start is a mindful moment. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee wherever you get your favorite podcasts and rate this podcast so that others can find us. Follow us on social media at work to live A Mindful Moment is written by Teresa McKee. The English version is hosted by Teresa McKee and the Spanish version is translated and hosted by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, MediaWrite Productions. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions.